shorthanded chance. Yenmark down the middle, scores! Matias Yenmark, shorthanded goal! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Puck comes out high, Watt gets the puck, off to the races, into the zone, the righty, right circle, backhander, he scores! What a move! Nicholas Watt gets the Knights back in the lead! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard, and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the Boy, oh boy, it has been an eventful week, not just in the NHL, but also for the Vegas Golden Knights. As we talked about at length yesterday, the Vegas Golden Knights did trade Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin to the Carolina Hurricanes. In exchange for future considerations, uh, we'll keep an eye on that as as tends to happen usually with future considerations. You're you're looking at most a, a draft pick, perhaps two, but right now it is a, a pure salary dump for the Vegas Golden Knights, something that needed to happen, make no mistake about it, it needed to happen going into next season for a team that was right up against it when it comes to the salary cap and a team that needed, frankly, to take care of restricted free agents. That money is going to come in handy for the Vegas Golden Knights. And you already saw part of what that plan looked like for the Vegas Golden Knights in announcing a three-year, $5 million average annual value contract extension for Riley Smith. A very impactful player in a lot of different ways. It's not just offensively, but defensively on the penalty kill. Riley Smith is one of those Swiss Army Knife type of players that you need and is a player that frankly, is going to fit right into what Bruce Cassidy is going to want from his players night in and night out. We're also going to get to some audio here from Kelly McCrimmon, who spoke earlier today to the media about uh, a number of different topics. Obviously, the, the beginning of free agency for the Golden Knights, the signings that the team was able to make, and of course, the trade of Max Pacioretty. We're also going to hear a little bit of audio from Riley Smith about why he decided that this would be the place he wanted to not just extend his career, but ultimately this being Vegas where he wants to end his career. We're going to have one-timers later on in which we look at Max Pacioretty's newest teammate, Brent Burns, a big trade between the Carolina Hurricanes and the San Jose Sharks. Carolina certainly uh, a fan of making deals with the Pacific Division. We'll also examine where Johnny Gaudreau ended up. Of course, it's Columbus, but why? And why that might be a slight to Calgary. We'll get there. I, I, I do promise we we'll do that. Uh, we'll also look at some of the bigger names that are still left on the board as free agents. Nazem Kadri has not signed yet. Andre Palat made his decision late last night. And we'll examine some of uh, those, those bigger names to move before tomorrow. And Chapman, this is going to be some homework for you. Tomorrow... We're going to get into winners and losers of the first couple of days of free agency. I didn't want to do it yesterday. 
Yesterday was kind of a jam-packed show. I don't want to do it today because I still want to see if maybe, just maybe, the bigger names that are still left on the board they'll sign. Uh, but I do want to get into winners and losers tomorrow. And then as as far as a programming note, housekeeping, tomorrow will be the final VGK Insider show of the season. We'll be on hiatus until early September. That is the plan as it stands right now. So tomorrow is the last VGK Insider show of the season before we will be back with you in September. And it'll be the entire band back together. Me, Chris Chapman, and Darren Millard. So we'll probably open it up, maybe have some phone calls. Uh, what do you say What do you say to that, Chapman? Do you think we open up to, to phone calls tomorrow on the last VGK Insider Show? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see why not, right? Give the fans one last opportunity to talk to us before uh, we take our summer hiatus. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that we're going to be off for like six weeks. It, it, it's like, oh, my goodness. But... The good news is for for Vegas sports fans, the NFL training camp will be starting next week. So, uh, you know, if if you're a big sports fan and you miss us, there there are you could tune in the Radio Nation Radio for the next few weeks before hockey season starts, and make sure you listen to those guys because uh, I know they're going to be out of camp a lot, and you get some really good stuff from them. But yeah, open up the phones would be great. Uh, all right, cool. So we'll open up the phones tomorrow. We will get into winners and losers of free agency. But right now, let's start with some of the commentary from Kelly McCrimmon, general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights. Obviously, you knew in addressing the media this morning, the, the question was going to come up about why you trade Max Pacioretty. And, and the fact remains that there were different options the Vegas Golden Knights could have gone. And I think that there were degrees that made more and less sense for the Golden Knights. I'm always going to contend. And make no mistake, yesterday, I, I wanted to play the middle when it comes to Pacioretty and that being the choice. Number one, it checks off the box of moving the most money out that you possibly can. It's the biggest contract that was, quote, movable. It was one year left in the deal, and you're talking about a player that had issues staying in the lineup from a health perspective. So that checks all the boxes. However, I would make the argument that the position of strength for the Golden Knights right now is down the middle and on the blue line, right? So it it, it probably would have hindered the on-ice performance a little bit less if you would have moved a center or if you would have moved a defenseman as opposed to your highest scoring winger. And I think the biggest issue for the Golden Knights going into next season is the idea of how do you supplement the offense for a roster that has lost a significant chunk of their production by way of Max Pacioretty being traded. And Kelly McCrimmon went into the the option of why do you trade Max Pacioretty here? There's a lot of different uh, permutations that you go through when you're trying to create space. Um, we looked at different options. We uh, you know, identified this as being the best path to accomplish what we wanted to accomplish, the people that we wanted to retain, uh, you know, to keep Riley, to sign Riley. As I mentioned, uh, you know, the uh, the raise is due to our young players. Keaton Colesar was the fourth uh, RFA that I failed to, to mention. Uh, so, you know, uh, the need was there, and that was uh, that was our path to uh, to get it done. So, it, it was strictly trying to open up as much space as possible with, I think, as 
few roster changes as you would need to make. And, you know, you can go down the rabbit hole of if you would have traded William Carlson, was that enough money to get everything done? Do you have enough center depth in that situation? I think that there are valid questions there. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, if just trading Max Pacioretty affords you the space of getting Riley Smith done, and I think that the Dodonov trade was really more the Riley Smith trade that, that, or the Riley Smith angle that you're looking at, so that's kind of a wash there. But if just trading Max Pacioretty affords the Golden Knights the opportunity of re-signing Brett Howden, signing Nick Waugh to his upgrade, uh, to his extension that's going to be a an uptick in, in, in his salary, Keegan Colasar, Nick Haig, then I think that you know you you look at that and and if you can make one move to re-sign three four players four or five players that's really where you're you're looking at it from a Golden Knights perspective I I understand you're going to have a hard time replacing the production of Max Pacioretty however you're going to have to kind of take those trade-offs and for the Golden Knights they felt that there were not other options on the table or at least no better options on the table of who to move out in order to get those other deals done as of yet no uh, no contract extension for Keegan Colasar, Nick Watt or Nick Haig but hopefully those numbers and those contracts can get done in the next couple of days now Kelly McCrimmon was asked about the depth and whether or not there's enough there to supplement or at least come close to replacing what's lost now in Max Pacioretty's production. I think we do. I think that you'll see, you know, when you look around, uh, you know, it's interesting. You look at the Stanley Cup champions. Uh, if you go through their last offseason, no one lost more players than the Colorado Avalanche, right? So it, uh, it happens everywhere. Teams have to make decisions. Teams can't keep uh, everyone. It provides opportunity for players. You see what uh, it looks like if you feel that you need to make changes during the season as you get towards the deadline. You give consideration to that at that time. But uh, we're comfortable that we're uh, in a good position to uh, to start. So that's an interesting concept there, Chapman, and I want to get your opinion on it because, you know, there there inevitably is going to be change when it comes to a flat cap. But the idea that if there's something that needs to be addressed, the Golden Knights will take care of that at the deadline. I I tend to believe that this is going to be a team that is really going to try to do it by committee, is really going to try to give younger players, we talked about Nick Waugh, we talked about Brett Howden, uh, really, maybe perhaps Brendan Brisson, we're going to get there in a minute, you're going to give young players opportunities, and if they don't run with it, then perhaps the Golden Knights are going to make their Stanley Cup contender moves at the trade deadline. What say you? Well, it's certainly an interesting possibility, although to that I would counter and say you have to be in position to consider yourself a Stanley Cup contender at the deadline because if we get into the start of the season and there isn't enough depth to fill the void lost by not only Max Pacioretty, but Evgeny Dodonov, it doesn't matter where you are at the deadline because if, if, if you don't have it at the beginning of the season, you're probably not going to be in contention at the deadline to make the moves that Kelly McCrimmon might be talking about. I want to also mention that Kelly's first comment was really interesting because he used the word permutations. I don't know what that means, but Kelly was a smart guy. I'm sure. I'm sure it means something that that I, I you know along the lines of there's a lot of different avenues you can go down, but. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. One of the things, because I, I see, I saw some stuff on social media. Oh, I don't understand why you trade Max. Why don't you trade Carlson? Here's the thing. These guys have no movement clauses. And it's it's about finding the right team as well. Because just because mm-hmm. a, 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 a guy may not have this team on his, no, on his no trade list, that doesn't mean, A, that the team is interested, and B, that the team even has the cap space. I mean, we see situations where there's teams that – Almost every team, it seems like you look at, they have no cap space. So finding the right fit is also something that needs to be discussed because Carolina was a perfect fit for 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 Pacioretty because he 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 was obviously okay going there. Well, they may have been on William Carlson's no trade list, so you wouldn't have had the option to trade Carlson to Carolina without him waiving that. And and you know as we saw with Dodonov. I'm not. I, I don't blame a guy if he doesn't want to waive his no movement clause. There's a reason why they put those teams on their list. So we don't know mm-hmm. those lists. We don't know the ten teams William Carlson wouldn't want to be traded to. It doesn't even matter because the, the the general manager knows, and it's a matter of finding the right fit. And Carolina was willing to take Pacioretty's contract, and they had the space to do it. So um, I I think when when people get upset, I can't believe they traded this guy and not that guy. Well. There's there's reasons why, and you have to have faith that the front office is is, is going to do the right thing in that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I find really interesting, and I'm going to go on kind of a tangent here, kind of a rant here, I guess for for a moment. Um, it's always funny to me that there's a a large contingent. Maybe it's not large. Maybe it's just vocal, but there's a vocal contingent of the fan base that is ready right now in this moment. Right? Right now, to name Logan Thompson their starter. Right? Like, there is a, a, a vocal contingent of this fan base that is ready right now to name Logan Thompson their starter. Never mind the 10 years that Robin Leonard's got in the league. Never mind the fact that he has been, for the majority of his career, an average to above average goaltender. The numbers bear that out on good defensive teams, on bad defensive teams there's a, a, a vocal contingent that doesn't even want to give him a chance to play behind Bruce Cassidy's, quote, goaltender-friendly system. They want to hand the keys to the franchise right now in this moment to Logan Thompson, who I think is really good. I think Logan Thompson has all the goods to be a phenomenal goaltender in the NHL. But I'm not ready to do that after 15 NHL games. I'm just not. And yet... Here we are, really upset, really angry. I've seen all the sentiments that how can you dare trade away a guy that is a perennial 30-goal scorer? You have the proven commodity right there in your organization, and now you're going to hope that, say, a Nick Waugh can uh, increase his production, that Brett Howden can increase his production. You're going to hope that maybe Brendan Brisson can come in here and score some goals, and and make up the difference in that production? Why, Chapman, are we so willing to give a young goaltender the keys, but not bank on some of the younger players to get better, some of the players that have more NHL experience than Logan Thompson? Yeah, there and therein lies the hypocrisy of it, and, and let's be honest. The same fans. No, that, I, I know. That, I know why. Yeah, I know why. Yeah, I, I know. And it's the same. The same group of people who were never willing to give Pete DeBoer a chance. Mm-hmm. It's 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 terrible. And and listen, I'm with you on Logan Thompson. I think Logan Thompson will be a really good goalie. He 
I mean, 15 games is a small sample size, but man, in those 15 games, he looked like he belonged here. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he's a 65 game a year or 60 game a year goalie in the NHL and you relegate your your $5 million a year goalie to the bench. That That's not how this works. Uh, I, I, I think the goods are there and, and, you know, maybe at some point Logan Thompson will be the number one goalie for the Golden Knights. I don't know, but... I, 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 I understand what you're saying. I, I get frustrated when I see that, too. It's like, look, you're willing to, to throw Robin Leonard to the scrap heap because you, you, you don't like him for whatever reason, but mm-hmm. you're you're not willing to give Nick Waugh that opportunity. Maybe Nick Waugh steps up, right? Nick Waugh is a guy who just gets better every year. And sure. I, yeah. I, I, I really liked what I saw from Keegan Colasar and in the second half of the season. Once he... he got it together like it looked like he was still learning a bit and I'm sure he's still learning but the second half of the season Keegan Colasar was a really really good player on this team and he's going to be given a larger role William Carrier he's a guy who, who's going to be given a larger role now so and and you we we still don't know what the ceiling is with Chandler Stevenson so uh yeah the the, the as as the day wore on yesterday and we got into this morning I think I was a little mm-hmm. more okay with the trade. I hate the fact that they got nothing back in return for two years in a row. Yeah. But that that's that aside, you traded away a guy who only played 39 games last year. You traded away a guy who, who is, unfortunately, unable to stay healthy. I mean, Max misses a lot of games. Um, it, it, mm-hmm. It's kind of been one of those things that have stuck with him since he's, well, since he had a really horrific injury. But... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I, I y- you can't be okay with giving Logan Thompson the keys to the Ferrari, but not be okay with giving some of the younger guys on the roster an opportunity as well. An an elevated role. You're 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 willing to hand over an elevated role to Logan Thompson after NHL games, but you're not willing to bank on the potential of Nick Waugh being better, the potential of Brendan Brisson cracking the lineup that the potential of Keegan Colasar putting it together and potting 10 to 12 goals. Like there are opportunities there and yet we're, we're, we're only okay with some of them and not others. I, that, that to me doesn't make any sense. And you know, the, the fact of the matter is you, you, you keep saying for nothing and, and granted I'm, I'm with you And, and this is not pie in the sky. I'm not the, the positivity alley guy. That's, that's Millard. That's, that's him. But you know, it, it's not trading away Max Pacioretty for nothing. It's trading away Max Pacioretty so that you have the opportunity to re-sign Riley Smith, re-sign Brett Howden, re-sign Nick Waugh and Keegan Colasar and Nick Haig. And the fact is, if you do not trade Pacioretty and you're not able to find a home for some of the other guys that, that maybe were trade pieces, then you've got to walk away from the Nick Waz. You've got to walk away from the Nick Hags. You've got to walk away from that next wave of players that are supposed to lead your organization and extend the window. If you lose Wa and Haig and Kolasar and Howden, then really how how much are you expecting to do as a franchise as an organization over the next 4 to 5 years well and that's it that's just it because we we saw last season that there's uh you know some 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 younger guys that had to step into that role you know when you lose those guys you 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 take away every team that wins has a really good bottom six 
Like no team that that's winning yeah. the Stanley Cup is doing it with with AHL players in their bottom six. They're good role depth guys. And Nick Haig, I think Nick Haig is a good defenseman. You, there's no way you want to let him get away. It, 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 it's it's one of those things with with Nick Waugh as well. You traded Eric Holla for Nick Waugh, and Nick Waugh has done nothing but grow as an NHL player to the fact to, to the point where he's scoring winning goals in in Western Conference final games. That's that's mm-hmm. a, that's that's one of those valuable guys. You look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. You look at their bottom six. They're all really good players. I mean, we we've gotten to see a couple of them either either playing for the Golden Knights or playing against the Golden Knights in in Pacific Division teams. So it, it, it's. It's understandable when when you look at it on the surface that people are like, oh my god, that's that's a terrible move. I can't believe you, they they trade away all those goals. But th- what 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 is the 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 opposite end of that? If you hold on to Pacioretty, then you're losing Nick Watt. You're losing Keegan Colasar. You're going to lose Nick Haig. You, you you probably don't resign Brett Howden. Then all of a sudden, who's your bottom six? And it's not a knock on on, on right. Jake Lecision, but. It's Jonas Romberg and Jake Lecision, like it was last year, and and Paul Cotter. That's your bottom six, and it's not a knock on those guys. They're they're all really good players. Are they ready to step in? And I I I I would venture to say the general manager doesn't think they are. Yeah, no, and you know it's now within the organization. I would argue for the first time since year one. There's actual spots available for players to come in and make their way onto the roster during training camp. Like, there are positions available for the younger players to come in, wow, during training camp and find their way onto this team. Specifically, I'm looking at Brendan Brisson. I don't know that he's ready. I don't believe that Brendan Brisson is ready to be a full-time NHL player. But I do believe he's going to get a long look in training camp. I do believe that he's going to have every opportunity to fill that role, to find a niche on this NHL roster. And Kelly McCrimmon was asked as uh, whether or not we might see Brendan Brisson as an NHL player. Um, well, I'll answer your second question first. Brendan Brisson uh, looks really, really good. He's been much at we drafted in the Montana draft, so that's uh, 2020. It's that long ago. Has really developed well uh, since then. Two years at Michigan, finished the year in uh, in Henderson last year. Just watching him here at development camp. Uh, special hands. He, he just uh, has uh, you know great hand-eye coordination. Really gets around the puck. He always presents his stick. Uh, you know some players can really shoot the puck, and yet you've got to get that pass. You know, right in the wheelhouse, and, and Brendan, uh, it's it's almost impossible to give him a bad pass. He he uh, he finds a way to get around the puck. Um, yeah, it's going to be really uh, exciting to see him in uh, training camp in the fall with uh, uh, you know with our uh, veteran players, and uh, continue to monitor his progress. So that would be my thoughts on uh, Brendan. And then Kelly was also asked, uh, kind of a follow-up to Brisson, but but whether or not there's enough in the organization, homegrown talent, to, again, supplement this roster and, and make up the difference of the production lost with Max Pacioretty being traded. I think that, you know, we anticipate, you know, a healthy lineup is going to put more offense into our lineup. We had some guys last year that didn't produce to the level that they uh, generally do. We expect uh, those players to... 
uh, to bounce back. I, I think that you know some of the younger players that you saw get a little more opportunity last year. Uh, you know, I expect you know you guys asked once uh, earlier here about Brett Howden. You ask uh, we talk about a guy uh, like Nick Waugh. I think uh, he's really. Uh, developed into a good player, you know, a healthy Mark Stone is going to add offense not only to his game but uh, but throughout our lineup. Um, you know, uh, improved power play would add offense to our lineup. So those are all different ways that uh, you know I think the offense will come, and uh, you know that's sort of where uh, we think we're at at this time. Uh, you know, Michael Amadio, uh, you know, chipped in. You know, you had. Uh, you know, some of those players last year, you know, got pretty good opportunity and made good impressions. So we'll see uh, where they're at this year. Brendan Brisson maybe becomes an NHL player. You know, those are the things that uh, you leave yourself open to. And, and uh, you know, again, we talked about uh, Colorado. Valerie Nikushkin became one of the best players in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And uh, that spot wasn't open for him a year earlier. That was Brandon Sodge chair uh, a year earlier. So those are the types of things that, uh, that happen around uh, around the league when you look at, uh, at different rosters. How did you take those comments, Chapman? What stood out to you? Um, I, I, I thought it was important, especially one of the last things he said when he, when he mentioned Colorado. Right? Brandon Saad was a guy who was a really good player for Colorado last year, especially in the playoffs. I think he had a, had a streak where he scored like six or seven straight games with a goal. Uh, and Nachuskin was able to step in and, and, and actually fill the void and and help them win that Stanley Cup. Uh, so I think what Kelly's trying to say is there are young guys in the pipeline and they're going to be given an opportunity to have a larger role here. Um, I, I, I found it interesting when asked about Brisson, he was kind of non-committal, but then in the second question, he, he basically said, well, yeah, there's a chance that Brisson could be here. So um, there, there, there's a lot to digest there, but I, I think they're satisfied with the young players they have on the roster and they want to do everything they can to keep them because I think they think some of them are going to be really good players. Yeah, the the Brisson thing's interesting. The first time I listened to it, I I felt like that was maybe a vote of confidence in Brendan Brisson. Uh, the second time I listened to it, uh, I don't know that if it's I don't know if it's a vote of confidence or just a hey, wouldn't this be nice, right? Wouldn't it be cool if Brendan Brisson does everything he needs to do over the course of the summer and comes to training camp ready to be a contributing member of this team? That would be great because, as you mentioned, as you heard from Kelly McCrimmon, Brendan Brisson's the type of player that's always around the puck. I don't know that he's going to stand out, say, in drills. As I'm, I'm looking at and watching uh, the the team red versus team white scrimmage right now as being streamed on the Golden Knights social media channels. Um, I don't know that Brendan Brisson's even the type of player that's going to stand out shift for shift in a scrimmage, but he's going to score. Right, like I, I think that that's one thing we recognize when it comes to his skill set is he's around the puck. If you find Brendan Brisson in the right areas, he's going to put the puck in the back of the net. Is he ready to do that at the NHL level? Only time will tell. I'm going to argue probably not as early as out of training camp next year. But perhaps at some point during the year, if he's dominant in the AHL, maybe you give him a look. Maybe you just see where he can kind of fill in or if he's able to fill in at the NHL level. But the fact of the matter is there are a number of different ways where the goal can suck the offense lost from Max Pacioretty and Evgeny Dodonov. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be by committee. It has to be. 
Because when you're looking at the Golden Knights from last season, you have to replace 20 goals, roughly 20 goals from Evgeny Dodonov, and I'm going to pencil in 30 goals from Max Pacioretty. So you're looking at somewhere in the ballpark of trying to 50 to 55 goals in extra production. Do you look at the Marcus O'Chapman and say that he's a 30 goal guy, like a perennial 30 goal guy? I mean, look, he's done it a couple times in his career, so I I, I don't mm-hmm. see why not. Um, is is that his ceiling? Maybe. Does he have another gear that he can mm-hmm. he can kick it into? I think it would maybe depend on who he's playing with. But um, yeah, I mean, look, I I think it's safe to say that you're probably. It, you're probably going to get somewhere between 25 and maybe 32 goals from mm-hmm. Marcia. So I, I, I think mm-hmm. I feel pretty confident in saying that. So that's a wash. Chandler Stevenson, do you think he's a 20 goal scorer? I do. I, I, I really do. And why I think that okay. is, is because he did it last year on his own in a lot of time, in a lot of cases. And I, and I don't mean like he, he was by himself, but it, it, we, we've always seen him with with guys who were high-production guys. And last year, he had an opportunity on his own away from those high-production guys, and he was consistent. I mean, there was a time where, when we were like 40 games into the season, and he was he was close to a point-of-game guy. Obviously tailed off a little bit towards the end of the year, but I, I, I don't think that he... I don't think he's hit his, his, his ceiling. I think... I think there's still room to grow in Chandler Stevenson. He might be a late bloomer. He's 28. Mm-hmm. But there was something that this team saw in him, and he was given a real opportunity last year. I really like Chandler Stevenson's game because I love the speed. And I think that that's always sure. something that that you can't coach. Like, you hear that all the time. You can't coach speed. Chandler Stevenson's got wheels. Mm-hmm. And Chandler Stevenson plays with confidence. And I think he's only going to get better. I think he's a guy who works his ass off in the offseason. And I think he's going to come back. I think he's going to be even better than he was last year. So Riley Smith checks in at fifth overall this year on the Vegas Golden Knights in goal scoring. He's got, he had 16 goals in 56 games. If he's healthy, how many goals do you think Riley Smith tops out? 22, 25? Yeah, I think Riley Smith is in that 20 to 25 goal range. I I, I, I mean, he that seems to be where he's at almost every year. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel pretty good in saying that he's, he's a 20 to 25 goal guy. If he's fully healthy, yes. So now you're, you're cutting about seven seven goals into the deficit of Pacioretty and Dodonov. Then you look at Nick Waugh. 15 goals last year. Do you expect Nick Waugh is a 20-goal scorer in the league? you think he could do it? Uh, maybe. I think it depends where he's playing. I think it <laughs> depends who he's playing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if Nick Waugh is anchoring the line, I, I think Nick Waugh is, is kind of what they wanted Alex Tuck to be. And I think Alex Tuck sure. is, is a 20 to 25 goal scorer in the league. I think Nick Waugh could be there. I don't know if he's there yet, but I think Nick Waugh is definitely a guy. I, I feel pretty good saying he's he's going to score more than 15. I don't know if he's going to get to 20. Shea Theodore is is about a 10 to 15 goal guy. I don't think that you're necessarily going to have too much of an increase from what he did last year. Jack Eichel, 14 goals in 34 games. I think Jack Eichel is going to be a 35 to 40 goal scorer on the Golden Knights next season. That's going to cut into uh, the, 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 the deficit that you have from Pacioretty and Dodonov. The clearest spots, right? The clearest spots for the Golden Knights to 
to supplement or or at least make up for the offense lost from Pacioretty and Dodonov, it's going to come at the hands of Nick Waugh. It's going to come at the hands of a healthy Riley Smith and Jack Eichel. Also, Mark Stone. You only got nine goals last year out of Mark Stone. If he's fully healthy, and that's a big if, I get it, but if he's good to go and he's in 82 games and he's not feeling any ill effects from his offseason surgery, Mark Stone's going to pencil in for 20 goals at minimum, and you're probably looking at a point a game. I am sitting here telling you, I know it looks bleak, I know it seems like the Golden Knights are not going to have enough production, but frankly, if they are healthy... They probably will because the career years that they got from their depth players were not enough to supplement a roster that was missing the high-end talent production. And that's what sunk the Golden Knights last year. You got great seasons from Brett Howden and great seasons from Keegan Colasar and great seasons from, from Nick Waugh. But what was missing was your normal production for Max Pacioretty. You didn't get it. Uh, I, I, I get that he scored 19 goals, but you didn't get a full year of Max Pacioretty or a full year out of Jack Eichel or a full year out of Mark Stone. You should have that from Stone and Eichel and an improved, younger bottom six that should have more confidence and should have more responsibility going into next year. So I'm really curious to see what the Golden Knights do with that challenge going into next season. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get some updates on Brett Howden, Robin Leonard, Laurent Brossois, and then one that's kind of a bummer, honestly, an update on Nolan Patrick. That's all coming up next on the VGK Insider Show. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Rolling along on a Thursday, VGK Insider Show. As we made mention, the uh, scrimmage, first scrimmage of development camp is going on right now. First period concluded there at City National Arena. Team Red on the board. So... Keeping an eye on that as best we can. There'll be another scrimmage tomorrow at 10 a.m. Uh, the VGA Insider Show will be there taking notes so that we can, you know, give you an idea of who stands out, who's stood out over the last, you know, week or so when it comes to the the development of uh, the of some of the, the prospects and draft picks for the Vegas Golden Knights. But let's continue on with some of the audio from earlier today in Kelly McCrimmon's press conference. And, you know, this one centered around Brett Howden. Obviously, we we saw Brett Howden really take advantage of an opportunity last season in which he was able to hit his stride. I think he was able to kind of find some comfortability in his role as a fourth-line center on this team. Everything seemed to click there for Brett Howden. And then there was that scary, scary hit into the boards by Philip Forsberg of the Nashville Predators. Brett Howden had to be stretchered off the ice. And there really hasn't been much of an update in terms of his health, but he did sign a one-year, $1.5 million contract extension with the Vegas Golden Knights. And today, Kelly McCrimmon provided a bit of an update on Brett Howden. Brett's healthy. Uh, I felt he made really good gains during the season. Um, was a player when he got here that uh, you know was in need of finding confidence. And, and I think you saw over the course of the season that he did. Missed some time with injury, so I don't think that we, uh, you know, got the the best look. But uh, you know, had we made the playoffs, I think you know, likely a couple of weeks into that time frame, he would have been uh, eligible to return. His rehab's gone fine, and uh, he'll be 100% healthy for camp. 
So you have a Brett, a healthy Brett Howden going into training camp, but then there's questions swirling about when it comes to the Golden Knights goaltenders. Both Robin Leonard and Laurent Brossois had off-season surgery, and there hasn't been a concrete timeline yet for their return and whether or not they'll be healthy, ready to go for training camp. So Kelly McCrimmon provided an update there. Uh, the timeline will be tight. I think both rehabs are going uh, real well. Uh, we anticipate that uh, Robin will finish his rehab back in Vegas, uh, you know, likely by the end of this month. Uh, when we get our, uh, our own people working with him day to day, I think we'll have a little bit better feel. Uh, Laron's surgery was uh, a couple of weeks uh, after uh, Robin's. The surgeries weren't identical. Well, they're obviously not identical, so you can't compare the timelines, but He'll be nip and tuck for uh, the opening uh, opening night roster as well. So we'll know more as we, you know, it, it's going to, you know, we're going to be into training camp and, and, you know, that time frame before you really uh, have any certainty there. That's not terribly optimistic, Chapman. Like, it, it would not be ideal for the Golden Knights to go into training camp with out, say, Robin Leonard or Loren Brossois available, but I still think that there's an opportunity that if things are progressing well, you you should have at least one of the two alongside Logan Thompson to start the year. Yeah, I I, I felt a little more confident about uh, Robin Leonard being available for the start of the season than I did about Loren Brossois. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what that unfortunately means is that you will not be able to move Loren Brossois in the off season. And uh, that that creates an interesting scenario for uh, when he's healthy, what do you do with him? Because I think that would make probably Logan Thompson your number two goalie, although obviously team signed Michael Hutchinson uh, yesterday too. So we'll see what that means. But it, it, it wasn't exactly the, the uh, picture of rainbows and unicorns that I think everyone was hoping for when, in, in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, it it, it kind of sucks because your, your number one and number two goalie are both – recovering from off-season surgery, and it doesn't really sound like both of them will be ready for the start of the season, which it puts you behind the eight ball to, to start. Ah, oh, Chapman, come on. You're talking about the number two and number three goalie. Like, well, you, you missed that whole uh, rant <laughs> yes, in the yeah, first segment yeah. about how it's Logan Thompson's net and everyone else needs to get out of the way. So uh, no real concrete update yet on, on either Robin Leonard or Loren Brossois. I, I think that your hope is Robin Leonard is able to start training camp. If not, then I, I think it's pretty clear that Logan Thompson will be the guy at least to start the year for the Vegas Golden Knights. How long that, that timeline is going to look on Loren Brossois, maybe that impacts LTIR a little bit. Maybe it allows the Golden Knights a little bit more flexibility to start the year. But again, anything that you kind of dip into at the beginning of the season when it comes to LTIR, you have to make way once that's available to come off. So uh, a little bit of, of fluidity still with the goaltenders going into next year. But one thing that was fairly quick, it was a very, very quick note on Captain Mark Stone. But here is Kelly McCrimmon providing that update. Uh, I'm told from our medical staff that Mark uh, is doing really well. So Mark Stone's doing really well. How do you feel after hearing that, Chapman? I I feel good because apparently Mark Stone is feeling pretty good. So that that's what matters. <laughs> yeah, Mark Stone being healthy is the the biggest 
storyline for me going into training camp. Like I know that there's going to be a lot made about the goaltenders. I trust that what Bruce Cassidy is going to bring to the table is going to make it work for the Golden Knights, regardless of who's between the pipes going into the season. I believe that the biggest question mark surrounding this team is is Mark Stone and whether or not his back is going to hold up, whether he's going to be the impact player that he was prior to getting hurt. Because if Mark Stone's going, everything else seems to fall into place for the Vegas Golden Knights. It just does. I'm not worried about Jack Eichel. I know there's a lot of people out there that are concerned about the production you're going to get out of Jack Eichel because he wasn't a point-of-game guy coming off of nearly 10 months outside of the game in a major surgery later, which is ridiculous. I think it's I think it's asinine. But we're still talking about a guy that scored 14 goals in 34 games, right? Like it wasn't as if Jack Eichel was not producing for the Golden Knights. And one thing you should feel good about in terms of how the production broke down for Jack Eichel, he is typically typically a playmaker. Jack Eichel is typically the guy that's going to have way more assists than he's going to have goals. The breakdown for Eichel last year was 14 goals and 11 assists in 34 games. 25 points. Eichel understood no one else was putting the puck in the back of the net for the Golden Knights when he got into the lineup. He took on a goal scorer's role. I think that there's going to need to be a little bit more selfishness in the game of Jack Eichel. And I truly believe that with a full training camp, with comfortability in his surroundings, not having a potential surgery and the fight that he had to get that surgery looming over him over the course of the offseason, I think you're going to get the best possible version of Jack Eichel that you're ever going to see. And I also think that if you've got a bought-in Jack Eichel playing the way Bruce Cassidy wants him to play, that can be a cheat code unlocked for a player that has all the skill in the world to become absolute stud if he's not there already. So I I think that there are ways you can look within the organization already to make up the production that you're losing from Max Pacioretty, that you're losing from Dylan Coughlin, and you're losing from Evgeny Dodonov. It is very much within the realm of possibility that if Mark Stone is every bit the player that he was before getting injured, you're looking at 30 goals from the captain. I believe Jack Eichel can score 40 goals. That's 70 goals in production right there. Right there. And then what you're banking on is somebody taking a step. Somebody finding another gear. Whether that be Nick Waugh, whether it be Keegan Colasar, whether it be Mike Amadio, it doesn't really matter. And then the big one too. You need more out of William Carlson. There's literally nothing else you can say at this point going into next year. William Carlson has to return to form. And I'm not talking about 43 goal scorer William Carlson form. I'm talking about 25 goals. You you give me 25 goals from William Carlson next year. And even if even if 7 or 8 of them are on the power play, even better. But you give me 25 goals from William Carlson, I'm going to show you a team that's doing pretty good. Yeah, I, I, and I, Chapman has nothing to say. No, I mean, which is fine. No, you know, I, I don't know when, when you're, you're waiting for me to jump in, and sometimes it, it's hard. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the key to all this is William Carlson, um, because I, mm-hmm. we, we've seen William Carlson excel, and, and play with a ton of confidence, and, and be able to just do things that make us lose our breath. 
And then we've seen William Carlson where he kind of looked like the guy that maybe was a fourth-line player in Columbus. I, I, I know he's better than that, and we all know he's better than that. He knows he's better than that. And, and one of the things that he said last year that kind of really kind of stuck with me all season was, was when he talked about playing with confidence and how he, he really didn't have that confidence. So I think the key is for him to find a way to get that confidence back because a confident William Carlson is a perennial 25-goal scorer, William Carlson, and that's what this team needs. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what Bruce Cassidy does with him, where where he fits in the lineup, where he fits in the system. Is he going to be your second-line center? Or is he going to be your third-line center? I, it's going to be really, really interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, it, it absolutely will. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into Nolan Patrick and then reset for our number two. It's the VGK Insider Show. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Thursdays rolling along here on the VGK Insider Show. We've gotten uh, a lot of audio that uh, to from Kelly McCrimmon earlier today on, on kind of the ins and outs of trading Max Pacioretty where the production is going to come from from the Vegas Golden Knights as well as some injury updates. And, you know, this one is is more of an unfortunate update than anything else uh, as, as we kind of got the, the, the nuts and bolts of where Nolan Patrick is right now in his rehab. I talked to Nolan uh, likely a couple of weeks ago and uh, no, uh, no significant uh, progress. I think he's, uh, he's got a couple of different things that they're working with our medical team here that they're going to, uh, look at doing to uh, you know, hopefully you know move this along and you know really in, in his case uh, you know when you have different athletes different sports where you get to this point it's interesting uh, I keep talking about other teams Bowen Byram who uh, had a terrific playoff he was in a pretty dark place not that long ago wasn't sure uh, if he was going to play so when you when you when, when they linger you know you're you're you really need to boil it down to just life stuff, right? So just get to the point where uh, everyday life starts to feel uh, normal again. And uh, when you get to that point, then you can talk about, uh, you know, what lies ahead. I think right now, um, you know, focusing on uh, the hockey is, is putting the cart ahead of the horse. I think that just uh, some stability with uh, day-to-day is, is what we're uh, shooting for first, and then we'll see what, uh, what happens after that. So obviously not the update that anybody was hoping for when it comes to Nolan Patrick. Uh, certainly dealing with uh, with what we would assume is a, is a concussion, post-concussion symptom. So um, when you're talking about just getting the day-to-day life stuff sorted out first, that gives you an idea of just how serious uh, some of those symptoms are right now for for Nolan Patrick. And the fact of the matter is, until there's a change there, it's not an expectation that he's going to be returning anytime soon for the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, when you look at that and kind of deduce it all down, the hockey is all secondary. No one really cares at this point about the hockey for Nolan Patrick. The only thing that that we're that we care about right here on this show is that he's able to get healthy, is that he's able to have some normalcy, and then hopefully at some point, if that happens, then a return to the ice would be one of the greatest things to see for the Vegas Golden Knights going into next year. We'll take a break. We come back, hour number two of the VGK Insider Show, right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.